Live from Nashville, Tennessee, it's Dawn and Steve in the morning. Good morning from Moody Radio. Rescue One Global will be with us in 30. But up next is our friend Chuck Bentley from Crown Financial. Does being diligent apply to our finances? I'm going to think the uh, simple answer is yes, but we're going to unpack why that may be the case with uh, Chuck Bentley as he joins us to talk about being diligent as it relates to handling our money or maybe more appropriately God's money that he has entrusted to us. Chuck, welcome. Good to have you with us again, my friend. Always a joy. Thank you, Steve, and good morning to you. You know, I'm sure that you have uh, talked with so many people over the years who can say something along the lines of, and I probably, I'm probably i going to guess that probably all of us can say something along the lines of, Chuck, I, I heard uh, something on the radio, I heard you, I read a book, I did something, and it got me thinking, yes, I need to be a better steward with my money. We make the plan, we follow the map, we do whatever, and uh, we, we begin to go down that road, and it seems like for every step forward we take, we're taking two steps backward. How do we handle that? Well, I think discouragement is one of the great tools of the enemy. Uh, it, it's a, it doesn't seem like a powerful tool, Steve, but yet if we simply get discouraged so often, we will just give up on whatever it is that we're trying to accomplish, particularly with finances, because it never happens as quickly as we hope. It's easy to get motivated up front, like, I'm going to do this. I've got a new year's resolution. It's only been two weeks, but I'm ready to quit my new year's resolution. You know, you realize, wait a minute, I, I've got to be diligent for a long time uh, for the results that I'm looking for. And so I started studying the scripture and what it says about it. And the promises are just remarkable. You know, the, the, the scripture says the plans of the diligent lead surely to abundance. Uh, but everyone who's hasty comes only to poverty. Lord said, You've, I, you have commanded your precepts to be kept diligently. And so diligent just simply means to be constant, you know, to be uninterrupted. To stay after it. I, I was laughing with one of my boys this week. I don't have abs right now because I, I only <laughs> do. Yeah, yeah. I only do like a few sit-ups, right? You can't, you can't do two sit-ups a week and expect results. You, you have to be diligent. And it's such a, a subtle word, but it has such a huge promise, Steve, just to be diligent to achieve your financial goals. Mm. Well, it's a good challenge, but then we have the realities of life. It seems like, Chuck, any time that uh, I make that kind of commitment, okay, I'm going to start doing this, and we're, we're going to, whatever that may be, start setting aside this amount of money each month. Or maybe if you've not been tithing, you're like, okay, I'm going to start tithing. I'm going I'm to be doing this. And then it seems as if, uh, you know, we, we blow a tire or the fridge goes out or we, uh, you know, have a, an unexpected medical bill or something along those lines. And then it seems to throw off this whole thing. So when we do come up against those unexpected things like that, that often seem to come right on the heels of our uh, kind of saying, yes, I'm going to be diligent. How do we handle those big unexpected expenses? Steve, I think when it comes to financial issues and achieving your financial goals, you are going to have unexpected expenses. In fact, they shouldn't even be called that. It's, it's because they're just the norm. Life happens. And I think one of the best ways to overcome that is to have grace on yourself. Uh, it's not an all or nothing type of journey. You, you will make some progress and you will have setbacks. 
when this particular person wrote me and said, I'm so discouraged because I always feel like I'm making a little progress and falling back. I said, you know, I've experienced that. I know what it's like to have past due bills. I know what it's like back in the old days to bounce a check. I bounced checks, Steve. It's so embarrassing to think about those days, but there were times in my life when we lived without margin. I had no savings. I, I ran up credit card debt. Uh, we were struggling to pay them. I was getting my credit score lowered. All of those things that are so discouraging. And yet when I look back over the past 22 years of just being diligent with the simple forward progress every day, no matter, you know, like you say, if the tire gets blown out, the hot water heater gets, uh, you know, blows up and you got to replace that. All of those things are normative for us. The, the, the goal is to simply say, Lord, we're going to stay after it. Yeah, that, that, that hurt. Yeah, my savings are down to very little right now. But I'm going to be diligent because your word promises that there will be abundance for those who are diligent. It's, it's the, the idea that a small step has a big impact over time. And that's biblical. You know, you know we're going to come back in just a moment and continue to talk about what Scripture says and how we can continue to dig in to the Word of God, what we can pull out of that as we continue the conversation with Chuck Bentley of Crown Financial Ministries. We're going to link you to this article that we're talking about, about being diligent, and you're going to find that on our Facebook page. On Facebook, it is Don and Steve in the Morning here on Moody Radio. Putting a different spin on things, it's Steve and Dawn in the Morning. Dawn's out, so we can change things up a little. <laughs> you can get away with that, but come Monday, watch out. Yeah, she'll be back on then uh, at that time. Hey, we're glad you are with us as we uh, talk with Chuck Bentley of Crown Financial Ministries, and you can connect with them. Go directly to crown.org, or we're linking you to this article that uh, Chuck has written, his blog, actually, through our Facebook page. It's Don, um, Don and Steve in the Morning on Facebook, and you're going to find a link to this blog as we talk about the importance of diligence when it uh, relates to our finances, but that relates to other areas of life as well. And Chuck, we've talked a little bit about what Scripture has to say about the importance of diligence. How do we begin to put this into practice? Uh, give, give us some uh, little, real practical, tangible steps we can take. I think a really good first step, Steve, is to set a long-term goal of what you hope to accomplish with your finances. I was just thinking during the break, I've had two friends in my life who set a goal that they wanted to achieve by age 40. And it was contrary to what most people would ever think about. Instead of setting a goal to be a millionaire by age 40, they both decide, and these are, these are separate friends, separate stories, separate states in the United States. They set a goal to give away a million dollars by the time they were 40 wow. for the kingdom work. And both of them were average income earners when they set that goal. They actually don't even know each other. I just happen to have heard it from both of them. Well, you can imagine what kind of diligent, persistent uh, decisions they had to make over time. I think one started when he was about 25, so he had 15 years to do it. Both achieved that goal hmm. remarkably. Yeah. Uh, can you imagine if you know somebody gives your ministry a million dollars and you meet them and you think, how did you do that? You you live in a modest home, you you have a regular job, but that was their goal. And they had to make decisions regularly to deny themselves the things that they wanted and to live beneath their means 
so they could carve out more and more margin to give. Mm-hmm. And it's so encouraging to me that God can put a lofty goal in your heart and through diligence, it can be achieved. Uh, if your goal is to get out of debt, what do you need to do? Well, you need to first spend less every day, every week, every month, so that you can apply more towards that debt and to do it over a long period of time. I, I can't tell you how many stories that I know of and people who've contacted us who took far less time to get out of debt than they ever dreamed was possible just because they stayed after it. They just didn't give up. Uh, most people can get out of debt in seven years. If you're really, really diligent, you can be debt-free in four or five years. Uh, it, it We didn't get into debt overnight. We don't get out of it overnight. But it takes a persistent, careful uh, plan to do that. And so set a long-term goal, Steve, and then do a little bit every day to achieve that goal. I love that. Breaking it down in a little bite-sized chunks and uh, just whittling away that, you know, know, the old adage, how do you eat an elephant, right? You know, I think the the same is true as it relates to, uh, you know, some of those long-term financial goals. But Chuck, as followers of Christ, you know, the, the financial is just one component of what we are dealing with and looking at. I know you would also say that, man, we need to maybe set some spiritual goals. Yes, for sure. Uh, you know, when you think about your spiritual health, it's the exact same principle. You have to be diligent in reading the Word, in fellowshipping with other believers, in learning to rest, learning to worship and pray. All the things that the Lord said are good for us to create spiritual health, those things we do daily. And when you do them, you will experience the benefit of them. Same with mental health. There's a mental health crisis in our country right now, especially among young people. But a lot of it is because of what they diligently put in their minds. Mm-hmm. They put in their minds this uh, this comparison with what other people are doing uh, through social media, and it keeps them in constant anxiety. So daily decisions for spiritual health, mental health, financial health, just be consistent and stay constant. Well, if you're looking for some encouragement to do that, Chuck has written a great blog about this, about being diligent, and uh, we want to connect you with that. You can go directly to Crown's website and go to Chuck's blog. It's crown.org, or we'll link you to that when you come to our Facebook page. On Facebook, you're just looking for Don and Steve in the morning, and you're going to find the link right there. So appreciate uh, you and your ministry, Chuck, and may God continue to uh, bless what you're doing. Don and Steve in the Morning on Moody Radio. Thanks for listening to Dawn and Steve in the Morning. On YouTube today, Mike Novotny drops to talk about when life hurts. Click the bell to subscribe at youtube.com forward slash at Dawn and Steve to be reminded each time a new video drops. Hope you will do that and check that out and hope you'll stay with us the the rest of this hour. An important conversation as we look at, unfortunately, the sad reality that trafficking does happen. It happens uh, around the globe, and I think we hear the stories and think, ah, that happens all the way over there. But it impacts you and me today, whether we're aware of it or not. It it is going on, and there's something that we can do. Joining us to talk a little bit about that, Lacey Toller. Uh, Lacey, welcome. Thank Good you. to have Thanks you here. Thanks for having us this morning. You and uh, your husband have started Rescue One, and we want to connect you with um, rescueoneglobal.org. And we'll put that link on the Facebook page in just a moment. But uh, tell us a little bit about Rescue One, what it is, and why you decided we need to start this. 
Well, um, we started our organization not out of something that we ever really planned to do. Um, my husband and I are both grown up, uh, raised right here in Middle Tennessee, and um, left and decided to go be missionaries, not doing anything extravagant that regular missionaries don't do, planting churches, sharing the love of Jesus, the gospel, those things, um, humanitarian work. And it was in the midst of that that our nine-year-old daughter was abducted and attempted to be trafficked. And so when you don't think about that kind of stuff when you go to the mission field. What does that do to you as a parent? Well, it, it sent us into a tailspin of, yeah. of oh, well, we didn't plan on this. Uh, maybe we should go home back to safe Nashville and maybe we should, you know, or, but wait, God, you called us here. We sold everything we had to come here. You knew this was going to happen. And so we had a choice to make. Do we stay here and fight through our own fears, protect our children and learn how to live in this culture that we were in? Or do we come home? And we chose to stay. But when we chose to stay, our research of human trafficking left being some word out in the cosmos to becoming very real to our life. Mm -hmm. And I, a little caveat here, I always tell believers and, and people that I come into in the church and I say, the sad reality is that the, the horrible things, the horrific things that affect our world today, often we don't step into them or even think about them until they affect us personally. And so I always say, don't be like us. Don't yeah. wait until it has to affect you personally to step in and change the trajectory of the life of someone that you can do today. Mm. So we came home after two years of being there and doing the research and stuff that we had. And we said, oh, we're going to go back to Asia and start doing anti-trafficking work. Would you join us? And we were talking to people here in Middle Tennessee about that. And one couple said, do you know that it happens right here? And we can't get anybody to talk to us about it. And they were an older couple. And they kind of took us under their wing for a few months and said, it happens right here in Middle Tennessee. And so that's where even our own misconceptions began to be derailed. We were living in a second, third world country, yeah. just like you just mentioned. And then we said, oh, it does to our children, to the people around here. And that was when our eyes were really open to the effects of having right here in the U.S. You know, we hear the horrific stories of what happens over there. Correct. Not what happens here. Correct. What What's happening here in the U.S.? Well, one of the things that I'll say first is that it, we it wasn't until 2010. So, you know, the U.S. is kind of a, a police for the world in some ways. We, we can see the things on the news that you see every sure. day that we're helping to police the world. Um, we did not include ourselves in the trafficking in persons list or even the, the reports that were being put out globally until 2010, until that same time frame that we were talking about getting into this fight. And uh, so we didn't even recognize that we had a problem, but we were policing the rest of the world. Yeah. And uh, so that's when we when we jumped in, we were like, wow, it's happening right here. And what it looks like is, again, misconceptions is, oh, it's the kids coming from other countries into our country. No, it's one of the very small percentages. It was our children. And then we be we began to go, how is it happening? Because mm -hmm. we're educated society. We have, you know, the things that we need. We're comfortable. We have good families, all of the things that the rest of the world might not have. And we said, oh, one of the things that makes it very different is the technology that is today. And so what we say is, I, I even heard your previous guest talking about social media and how the mental health crisis that's happening in our world today. Um, today, perpetrators are in the bedroom with your children hmm. while you're watching your favorite sitcom in the, in the kitchen or in the living room. Yeah. And because never more in history has predators had access to our children. It, there's a statistic out there by the Journal of Adolescent Health that there are 750,000 sexual predators trolling for our children that live in our good homes, our evangelical Christian homes, every single moment of every day. That number just like hits you like a ton of bricks. Right. 
three quarters of a million people who are yeah. out there hunting for our kids. That's correct. And hunting is a good word to use. I, I That's just like you feel like you get uh, mm-hmm. sucker punched when right. you hear a number like that. It's like, wow. So when the, uh, the when we hear a number like that, then all of a sudden we begin to get a little bit more aware of the magnitude of a, a problem like this. Right. And and what does that actually kind of manifest or look like then? So most people think the reason we don't actually tell our daughter's story in great detail is because most people assume it's snatch and grab, kidnapping some child off the street. And really, that's the smallest, again, margin of the way that trafficking happens in our world today. It's more about brainwashing and manipulation. So think about children. They have a a phone in their hand. Mm -hmm. They're 13, 14 years old. Their brains are not developed yet in order to even say, this is dangerous. Now, you and I can sit here and go, oh, we shouldn't talk to a stranger about these things. Um, But a 14-year-old actually can't cognitively really process that yet. The, The psychology says until they're about 25, those connectors are not really there. And so because of that, they're sitting there and going, Oh, I, I, I want to feel beautiful. I want to feel liked. Mm-hmm. And somebody just woos them. You know, I, I tell people often, God created us male, female. Naturally, women want to feel beautiful and loved and protected. And men were made to be protectors and providers. And so every time sin comes into anything that good God created and twist it, things like human trafficking happen. Yeah. And so they're looking for something, but they're looking for it in the wrong places, if you want to take that old song adage there. And then they're trapped. All right. And they... they take pictures and they send them. And then all of a sudden blackmail happens, sextortion happens. And the average age of entry into the sex industry in the U S is 13 years old. Well, it's a huge problem. And uh, whether we're aware of it or not, it is happening. I think we do need to talk about that. And then we need to talk about what's next, what are next steps. And so when we come back in just a few moments, we're going to talk a little bit about making sure that we see some of the warning signs, the red flags, and what we can do to actually step in and engage well. Hope you'll stay with us. Thanks for being with us. Why not take Dawn and Steve with you wherever you go? Download the Moody Radio app. Thanks for listening to Dawn and Steve in the morning. And this is a conversation that, if you missed part of it, I encourage you to go back and listen to the whole thing. As Briggs said, you can do that through the app. You can do that through our website, mymoodyradio.org. The uh, podcast or the links to what we're talking about here will be up a little bit later this morning. Talking with Lacey Toller, she is with Rescue One Global, one of the co-founders of that. And uh, Lacey, as we talk about the fact that trafficking in, is a very real problem mm-hmm. Right here in the U.S., right. in our own backyards, right. what are some of the warning signs, things that parents need to be aware of? Well, some of the, the problem with actually identifying trafficking is that these warning signs could actually look like warning signs of any other things that are happening, especially in a child's life. So when we talk about maybe their mood changes, well, that's typical for a teenager. Um, but maybe they become a little bit more withdrawn. Maybe a girl talks about having an older boyfriend. Um Maybe their physical manifestations of, of how they talk and communicate is becomes different. Maybe they become more withdrawn. Um, some of the natural signs, I just go back and say, parents, we should be paying attention when we see those things, even if that doesn't mean trafficking. Mm-hmm. We should be, those are cries for help, even if they're silent cries for help, and we should be getting involved. And the saddest part is that we've taken care of girl after girl who sit in someone's youth group every week. Yeah. And we've... We've actually taken care of a girl whose father is a radio um, evangelist. 
We have so these are good kids that this happens to because parents might just not know the signs. And so if you see something off with your child, you as a mom and dad know that more than anything. Um, pay attention. Maybe they're wearing longer sleeves because they have some kind of bruising or marking. But we also have girls because it's a lot online that mm-hmm. never leave their home. They may never even see their perpetrators. And so we have a lot of sextortion that's happening. So talk to your kids about what God intended for them. Sure. Have con- open conversations up well before you get to the bad parts or the scary parts of their life so that they know they can talk about the word sex. Sometimes that's a taboo word in houses. But if you talk about it early on, then when you get to those stages, you can really have those good conversations. And they need us to get into their life and go, hey, something's something's going on. I can see it. I love you enough that you can tell me um, what's happening inside your life. So. And, and so when they push back and say, no, nothing's going on because they are maybe embarrassed, Correct. they're ashamed, they Correct. don't want to go there. They don't want to have to tell right. mom and dad what, what's going on. And they're like, no, I'm fine. It, it's right. nothing. Right. How do you keep digging in a way that they'll be responsive right. and not dig their heels in even You know, more. I wish I had that magic little button <laughs> yeah. there to say that, but we all also have, have had teenagers and we know that's not an easy thing to do. Right. But if you really do suspect something, um, remember you're the parent. And I think one of the things that we may be in our society is we try to be friends too much right now. And with social media technology being the main avenue that perpetrators are now getting into our children's lives, um, know their passwords. Know that they actually have apps that cover up other apps. For instance, there's a calculator-looking app on your phone that's a cover for apps that they may hide behind other apps. Those are like chat apps that they can get onto. Um, but also know that they have different personas online. You know, my, my teenagers might let me know of the one Facebook or Instagram that they are on on consistent. That's what we put our family pictures on. But then they have another name under another pseudonym, you know, for their things. And so be proactive. You're the parent. Yeah. Know their passwords. Do regular checks on their phones and, and, and communication devices that they're using. Um, check the history that's on there. It's okay to pry because I promise you it's not the world that you and I grew up in um, today. Right. So we're raising kids in a very different society. So some very proactive uh, things that we can be aware of Correct. as it relates to dealing with our kids. When, when we, we may not have kids at home, but we may right. be you know, listening to you talk right now and say, I, I want to do something. I know that this is a problem and I don't even know what to do. And so for not just the moms and dads, but grandmas, grandpas, aunts, uncles, to people who don't have a kid who's potentially engaged in this, how can we make a difference today? Well, I, I think we can make a difference. One, first of all, praying. This is um, a battle that's fought in the heavenlies. And we should be on our knees praying for the children that are in our lives because, again, they're being raised in a world that you and I were not raised in. Mm-hmm. And the enemy is hitting them with different darts that some of us can't understand. So I'd say pray first. Um, we realized when we stepped into this fight that this became a war that Satan had free reign of for thousands and thousands of years because the church, the church, has never really stepped into this. When we started this over a decade ago, we couldn't find other Christians in any massive numbers at all that we're even talking about the conversation we're having this morning. Yeah. And so it's important that we start the conversation. And if you're listening to this this morning, um, then go back and just have a conversation. Say, hey, I heard this on the radio. Can we talk about this topic? Have you ever seen or heard of any of your friends that have experienced things like this? Um, that idea of talk to them about the picture sending 
Um, yeah. And, and ha- that's actually illegal in the state of Tennessee where we are. Um, it's distribution of child pornography, even if you're a 14-year-old sending it to a 15-year-old. Um, and, and so talk to them about the things, even the legal ramifications. You could be charged with a felony for possession and distribution of child pornography, even if it's your own pictures. That's like the legal side. Let's get yeah. into the moral side of it and how God pr- loves you and created you. So let's just have conversations with them first. And if you do suspect your child or you do say, oh, I think my child's involved in this, we have a hotline that you can call 24-7 and we will help you as a parent maybe even just ask better questions if you get that detailed into it or you don't know what to do. What are the top needs that you have right now as an organization? How can listeners come alongside and say, hey, we want to help you do what you do. Right. How can we help? Okay, well, let me give you that hotline number in case you ever need to call us. If you see something, we want you to say something. Um, If you need us, we want to be there for you. So that's 615-379-8399, and that's Rescue One's 24-7 hotline, 615-379-8399. Our top biggest need, obviously, we're a nonprofit, and so finances is always something that we need. Uh, we have a program out there called One of a Thousand, our Thousand Army Strong. We, we, we talk about fighting a war all the time because that's mm-hmm. what we're in, a constant basis. If we had a thousand people just giving an average of $50 a month, it would actually completely underwrite most all of our operations that we do both here in Nashville and Middle Tennessee and Tennessee and then across the globe in Thailand and the Philippines. Um, so that's probably our number one need always. Yeah. Um, but if you use it in your household, we use it in our safe houses. So we operate one of the only safe homes in the state for children. We operate a safe home for adult women. And then we operate one of only six safe homes in the country for women that have experienced trafficking to bring their children with them to get restorative care um, for that. And so from toilet paper to basic pantry needs, all of those, you could do a drive for us, clothing, feminine yeah. products, all of that are constant needs that we have. Well, we so appreciate you stepping in to the fight and engaging in the battle. The need is great, and uh, there are things that we can do, and we want to connect you with Rescue One Global. And so we've already got links on the Facebook page. We'll put the phone number up there as well. Again, that is 615-379-8399. RescueOneGlobal.org if you want to go directly to the site. Or again, if you forget, we have the link at the Facebook page. Don and Steve in the morning. This is Moody Radio.